At some point, it was feeling like a death march, and I asked the guy in front of me how much longer the climb was, and he said we were close to halfway, but the second half was way worse. Hey, this is Steve. Welcome to episode 11 of the Endurance Path podcast, where I'm going to go through my recent race report from the Shenandoah 100 mountain bike race. A couple of quick things before I do that. Uh, Feedback. Appreciate the notes that I've gotten from folks. Uh, If you have anything, good or bad, whatever it is, and you want to send something directly to me, you can send it to podcast at endurancepath.com. Things you'd like to see on here, things you uh, uh, don't don't want to see, whatever it is, you can send me a note there at podcast at endurancepath.com. You can also leave feedback in iTunes. That would be awesome. Go ahead and leave a review in iTunes or whatever podcast app you listen to this in. And then uh, I guess the last thing before I dive into it, apologize ahead of time for a little bit of the nasally voice fighting some allergies here, but uh, I wanted to get this thing out. It's uh, been at least two weeks now since the race and uh, it was a little long getting the race report out itself and uh, didn't want the podcast to go too long before I got that out. So with that being said, uh, let's just, let's get into the report here. Okay. So first thing, this was, uh, it was an awesome race and it, it didn't go quite as expected. Uh, I didn't know exactly quite what I was getting into and I don't know if I expected, uh, more gravel maybe than what there was. Didn't realize how tough some of the climbs were going to be. Um, it's, it's probably at the top there for one of my favorite races for a, a combination of things that I'll, I'll get into. Uh, it just, it just in general had a overall, the venue was awesome. Uh, some great, great trail systems, you know, in the, it just, yeah, it was, it was tough as well. And, uh, just every time I've gotten out to a new race, I feel like it brings my riding, uh, to another level. So and, and it's, it's tough going out to a new race. You don't know the trails. You don't know exactly what you're getting into. And you, you know, I think somebody asked me like, oh, what, you know, what time were you, were you thinking you'd be at finishing? I was like, I, I don't know. I mean, the, uh, I don't, don't know. Right. You're like, ah, I don't know. Eight hours could be nine. Who knows what it'll turn into. I, I don't, I don't know until you ride it once. Um, you really have no idea. And sometimes my, my goals can be, uh, maybe a little ambitious too for where, where, where I might end up at. But anyways, the venue, the venue was fantastic. The, uh, I, I've, and I've written about all this in the actual race report written version, but the, it's run by, uh, Shenandoah mountain touring and they take over a campground for the whole weekend and the start finishes there. So, you know, I arrived on Friday and the whole finish line shoot was, ribbons were, were laid out and, and getting set up. And, um, it was awesome. You, you know, first come first serve on campsites and, you know, there's plenty of camping through the field and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I found a campsite and there's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, the, the campground has, you know, a couple of bathhouses with showers and, and toilets and sinks, you know, running water and everything. So it, I mean, it's top notch. So it's very, you know, I mean, Mohican 100, I did that a couple of years ago, uh, another fantastic venue because of the, the campground and the finish line being there. Just, um, I think, I think the fact that Shenandoah 100 actually takes over the entire campground kind of 
steps it up a notch. It's just the racers and their families there. It's pretty awesome. And, you know, I just, if you get a chance to go to it, put on your bucket list. It's a great race as far as, I mean, it's a, it's a good mountain bike race and fantastic venue. It was Labor Day weekend. So, you know, I got in there Friday race wasn't until Sunday and it was just great, great hanging out and making new friends, running into old ones that I've met at all the races and, uh, really, really great. I mean, they had, uh, you know, pasta dinner Saturday night for, uh, for racers. And then, uh, after the race, they had food again for the racers. It was bonfire going and, uh, beer flowing. Good, good time. So the course itself, uh, is in the Appalachian mountains. So it's, uh, George Washington national forest, I believe. And there's, there's a lot of great trails. I mean, we did ride some gravel, a little bit of pavement. Um, but the court, I mean, you were either going up or down, but it wasn't, you know, I think I wrote this in the race report. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it as a, it, it wasn't a constant up and down. And I guess what I meant by that is when you were going up, you went up for a long time. And then when you were coming down, you went down for a long time where you might have races that don't have a lot of elevation to them, but you know, you constantly going up a hundred or 200 foot and back down. These were just long sustained climbs. And it's, it's much different than what I'm used to in Minnesota, but I mean, it had everything. It had like some really narrow, uh, ridgeline stuff, um, that, you know, you could get flying pretty fast on. It climbs up the narrow ridgeline, rocks, lots of rocks, really steep, steep climbs, had some hike bikes. Um, so, uh, there was a fantastic descent, um, fairly early in the race. I think it was the second down downhill. Actually the, the first time, you know, dropping through elevation was phenomenal as well. It was a really flowy single track with the, you know, a few berms and a few spots to catch a little bit of air. And then, uh, the second one was, uh, had, had a lot of rocky and some switchbacks in it and fast and was just a lot of fun. And sometimes you can kind of surprise yourself on, on riding through some of that stuff, but, uh, over 12,000 feet of climbing. And that's according to both my training peaks and Strava account. Um, you know, they don't, they don't always line up, but, uh, in this case they were very, very close to one another. So, uh, just, I, I loved it. I loved the course and I loved the, the venue, it, it I mean, the fact that you could show up Friday and not leave until Monday, and the race, everything was right there, was was just awesome. You finish the race, I, you know, a couple hundred yards away, hundred yards away was my camp and showers and everything, and then just you know walking, you can walk back and forth between camp and the the start finish line and and hanging out. It was just. It was a, it was just a really great time. And the other cool thing is the, the cutoffs on these were, were pretty generous too. So it was a, it was a large race field. People got to finish into the night and hats off to those people riding in those trails. Uh, after dark, it, it was, uh, it's just awesome. I, yeah. Anyways, so let's, we'll dump into the, uh, jump into the report here. So at the start line, 
basically it was a 6.30 a.m. start and uh, sun's just rising. So we didn't need any lights to start. But like when I was headed to the start line, it's like still kind of dark. Uh, so we rolled out of the, the campground basically as it was getting light. All filtered down the uh, campground exit road. And as soon as we hit the pavement, I remember things kind of started to seem like they were starting to light up already. Uh, there's the, the old iron bridge and we went over and then you make a right, cut through the town of, I believe what is Stokesville. And I, there was already like a separation happening. I kind of found myself in between. It was a fairly large group in the front and then a split. And so I did what I could to stay on the back of that large group that was in the front. And I did something different in this race a little bit too. I was I told myself I wasn't going to really worry about my heart rate. I just kind of, kind of ride how I felt. And, you know, I don't, I don't have power on my bike and I don't know. I just was going to race. <clears throat> so, um, anyways, we made the left-hand turn headed, uh, started heading uphill. We're still on some pavement. And shortly after that, you know, you go uphill a little bit, um, uh, maybe a mile or two, and then you hit gravel. So shortly after hitting the gravel, uh, things started thinning out. So I kept up my effort. We worked up this uh, gravel Jeep trail. Uh, then we would climb about 400 feet uh, between the left-hander that we took in Stokesville and to the entrance of the single track. So the entrance of the single track was about, about seven miles in. Uh, once hitting the single track, we'd go another 500 feet uh, in elevation and about a mile and a half. So I, I, uh, I hit the single track with about a handful of other riders. And then I think this is where I started, started thinking I might've gone out a little too strong. So, uh, I just wasn't, I wasn't riding the single track well. And you've, if you know it, if you've been in that situation before where you just, you can't get comfortable and it was a mix of two things. Um, I just, I, I had gone out too hard and so Gone out too hard. I'm in the mix of some other riders. You kind of all ride through that stuff a little bit differently. New trail wasn't familiar with, all kind of stacking up on me. But the real culprit of it is if I wouldn't have gone out so hard, I I think I would have handled a little bit better. So um, it was all uphill. Had just enough little rock or root spots to kind of, like I call it, waffle, waffle somebody up a little bit. Um you know, that would kind of cause a chain reaction of kind of making some downline riders dab or whatever. At some point I did it and, uh, I had to just pull off and let, let, let people buy it. It probably was the best thing. Uh, cause I was, I was still pushing too hard and I needed to dial it back anyways. Um, I had definitely gone out too hard and I, I was, I hit that first single track with a group of folks. I probably didn't have any business uh, going out with. So, um, I, I made it up the rest of that single track climb my own pace. I still, I had a little bit of space between, uh, riders behind me. So I, I was able to kind of start getting comfortable. Um, I, and I just always find it hard to get in my own rhythm on, on new trail like that. If I was going out too hard like that. So anyways, I eventually hit the top of the single track climb, found an amazing, fun and fast down downhill on the other side. And it was, like I said, I, I think I mentioned this at the top of the report, just a fast, flowy, uh, some berms. And 
yeah, you could actually, I actually caught that group that was in front of me, which was kind of odd because I'm not the fastest rider on that kind of stuff. But I coming down that I was starting to have some fun. Um, I, I have to assume whoever was in the, the lead of that group that was in front of me was, you know, probably not cutting loose. Like, uh, maybe some of the rest of the guys in that group would have wanted to, um, but anyways, because the group behind me, uh, had actually caught us too. So when we dropped out on the gravel road, there was a whole bunch of us. Um, so when we dropped out on that gravel, that's when we hit aid station one. And I rode through much like most every day, had some water bottle hand ups handed out. And I, I was, I was good to go. Um, and then I believe it was all gravel to the next section. So we had a nice light, nice line of riders working together, taking rotations of poles, uh, till we hit the single track. Uh, there was a little bit of a uphill in the gravel, um, not that bad though. And, and then the last section of gravel would go up about 300 feet over like four miles, uh, before hitting single track again. When we, this, this single track, the next set of single track was steep. Um, and it just, it continued to increase. Uh, so we'd climb about 1200 feet over two miles on this single track and it, it turned into a grinder and the ground was, it had been raining for a couple of days. So the ground was a little wet, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't muddy. It was just a little wet. Uh, the, the wet rocks would cause a little bit of traction problems, cause the occasional dab or whatever that would, you know, cause you to get all waffled up and you'd have to get off and walk, uh, a section that you might not otherwise walk. Uh, because you were already off your bike and you just weren't going to get back on it going again. Um, at some point it was feeling like a death march. And I asked the guy in front of me how much longer the climb was. And he said, we were close to halfway, but the second half was way worse. And I just remember thinking about this because I was going up in a granny gear and, and I don't, I don't think I had really done much hiking up to that point. Uh, maybe a couple of times, once or twice jumping off to kind of, um, you know, where somebody dabbed or something like that or spun out, whatever it was. But, um, it was, uh, it was a grinder. So I just remember at some point making like a turn, a switchback, and then it just, the, the steep grade stepped it up. And then there was, there was hiking. I hiked some sections of it. Um, so at the top, huge reward with a phenomenal descent. Uh, I was a little slow coming into it. I had a little bit of space between me and, um, some other riders. Um, I had let a, let a couple folks go by, uh, at the beginning of it. And then I kind of tried to hang and I started to catch my, my rhythm and flow. Um, there was a little bit of a uphill and then the descent turned into this fast, rocky and twisty downhill, uh, that kind of flowed, but was unpredictable. It was, you know, the rocks were wet. Um, I could, I could hear, I could hear some riders starting to work up behind me. Uh, they weren't on my tail yet. Um, and I just, I kind of told myself, I was like, all right, I want I'm not going to get caught again. I'm going to cut loose and, and get down this. And I'd actually passed another rider on it. And I was, I rode it really, really well. I just trusted the bike and, uh, ripped down to the bottom of it. We dropped out at a parking lot and, as soon as we got back out on the gravel, my legs locked up with some nasty cramps. And 
I was I was about to pay the price for going out too hard. We're only 25 miles in. And I I think I was you know coming down the coming down that rocky you know single track twisty descent. I I could kind of feel them and I obviously wasn't sitting on my saddle that entire time. And I mean for I, people to kind of have an idea that haven't ridden out in a place like that because you know I I hadn't until wilderness is you think about you know going downhill and you know for I don't know what it is you know a uh, hundred two hundred yards we, we might go downhill through some stuff here at you know some of our the local trails here in in uh, Minnesota I'm not. I'm not talking elevation in yards either. I'm just talking about distance. And here you might go downhill for like two miles like this. You drop like 1,200 feet of elevation and you're working the whole time. And yeah, so I I don't know. The cramps hit. I was in like mid-sentence with somebody and my leg just locked up and I stopped spinning. And it was, uh, I was, I was concerned. So I had one of those, uh, those pickle juice shots and I tried one at the wilderness and I worked. So I I had basically had one of my Jersey and then one each drop bag. I quickly got that out, took that and about a mile or so later, the cramps kind of worked their way out. But in the meantime, a couple guys rode by and they were asked if I was okay because I basically was barely spinning and I'm like cramps. I just, that's, I'm fine. I just legs locked up. And, uh, I heard one of them mention the other guy, like cramps only 25 miles in or something to that effect. And the other guy responded, I've been that guy before. It sucks. And then I heard them both kind of chuckling, laughing, and then, you know, pedaling off away. Um, and I just like sucked hearing that. But anyways, I kind of used that as some motivation. I was like, ah, I gotta get better and catch, catch those guys. Um, but I was, I was kind of wondering how the next 75 miles were going to go. But anyways, they eventually started to go and I was, I was able to kind of get back on the gas, but I, I never caught back up or anything like that. But, um, and then I eventually came back through aid station one again, which was you pace, you would pass aid station one, uh, twice. So it was that, that first one that I came by, they just had the water bottle hand ups because there was a little bit of a two way traffic on that that gravel road shortly, shortly after coming through there, I saw a, a single arrow pointed to the right and then kind of past it was a Jeep trail headed up to the right. And I made a right and climbed up the hill. And uh, I started thinking, I was like, well, this doesn't seem right. There was bike tire tracks on the, on the road, you know, on the, the, the gravel or Jeep trail or whatever, kind of not quite too trackish. Um, but I didn't. I never saw the double arrow or the arrows after the turn or anything like that. I, but I, I was like, well, I'll go up to the top of it, look down the other side. Kind of came up down the other side, and I don't know why I started going, but I, I kind of started coasting. About halfway down, I started to get into the brakes, and then I saw three other riders coming up from the bottom, and uh, one of them kind of yelled, "I think this is the wrong way," and uh, so I was already kind of getting turned around and. By the time I got turned around, one of them was coming up. Um, he was on a single speed. But so I it kind of, of course, it didn't, honestly it didn't catch me, cost me that much. It was like 
six or seven minutes, maybe, I don't know, maybe about a total of a mile, a little over a mile off of course at all, all said and done, but made my way back down to the pavement. We got kind of going and, and, um, it was, it was kind of funny when we just kind of soft pedaling a little bit, like maybe a little bit of motivation was lost or trying to get your head, head back together. And, uh, I picked up the pace and we all kind of eventually started rolling racing again as uh, we, we start heading to aid station two. So I filled up my water bottle at aid station two and then told the aid station folks about the arrow that was potentially flipped. I don't know if it was kind of falling or, or whatever it was. And I was, I was thinking to myself as I was almost to aid station, it was like, could have turned, you know, when I got back on course, could have went and checked the arrow, but just wasn't thinking about it. And by the time you're rolling again, it's like, well, I just let the next person that I see know about it. Uh, and I think they had gotten on the radio to have somebody go check it out. So, um, so I, all I did, all I did is aid station two was, uh, I just grabbed some topped off my water bottle and I got going again. So, uh, and then, then I headed out. So keep in mind that I had already ascended about 250 feet or so on my way into aid station two, leaving aid station two, we'd climb another 1600 feet or so. Um, there was about three miles of pavement and then another four and a half miles of Jeep trail, uh, that I believe eventually turned into single track. And I'm usually really good at remembering a lot of this stuff about the races. Um, but I don't know, like the last couple of, I've, I've had to really think back to exactly what it was. And, uh, and I, I don't know if it's just because it's a much different type of ride that I've been doing and trying to figure out where it was all at, but I believe it turned into uh single track toward the toward the top but basically I would climb continuously for nearly an hour. Uh and that's just something that I just you just can't do around here. Um it, it it's it's crazy. But anyways, the uh I actually paced myself well this time I think versus on these climbs versus I than what I did at the wilderness. Kind of I guess I kind of had a better idea of where to dial in my effort. Uh, I was feeling pretty good on the first half. Uh, got past the halfway point on the Jeep trail. I was, I was getting fatigued though. And I, I, like I said, I still think I paced myself. Well, I just, these, after climbing for a half an hour on some grades that start getting pretty steep, it's, uh, it starts to wear on you. I'm used to climb a little bit, drop back down, rest, and then hit the next one. And, and just, that continuous climbing effort, um, really, really, you know, wore me down. Uh, and that's, if I do more of this stuff, I just have to, I have to approach it a little bit differently in how I train for it and that kind of thing. So, um, but so I, I can't remember exactly, but I think there was a couple of spots that I might've walked and I don't know if it was because it was slightly slippery because of the, you know, the previous raining or not. Um, it was all, it was all rideable, but I, I do remember walking just a, a couple of spots. Um, and there, there, like I said, when it comes to rain, there wasn't, there wasn't really much what mud on the uh, course, uh, but the rocks could get a little slippery. Uh, and I think one of those times that I had walked was, I mentioned this in my race report, some mental weakness sneaking up on me. I saw somebody in front of me walking and kind of just told myself, Oh, you know what? It's, it's okay. If I walk, somebody else is walking. And as then I realize 
you know, as I'm kind of walking up with this person, you know, they're a single speeder and, you know, they're probably, I don't know what kind of gear they were pushing 34 by 20 or something like that. And, um, you know, I've got a two by 10 with plenty of gear and should have been able to spin up the whole thing. But I think that's, you know, one of those things that like a, the mental, mental, mental toughness part of it. And, you know, you see something else happening and you're like, Oh, that's okay for me to do that. And, um, I mean, yeah, sometimes in these races, those single speeders have to walk some stuff depending on what kind of gears they're running. Uh, but I should have had plenty of gear to climb it. Um, some, some things I wrote here in my race report was these races are long and you can find yourself going in and out of weak and strong points along the way. What makes you weak at times can also make you stronger in the long run if you recognize the weakness and work on it later. Sometimes you might even catch it in time to face it head on in the moment. So when I crested over the top and started down the other side, I was, I was feeling fatigued and, and a little off. Um, not shaky that, that kind of came up later in the race, but, uh, the downhill side was was fast, and I, I could have just ripped it. Um, I just couldn't get I just couldn't get my comfort zone on it, uh, and I I can't remember exact order of the trail, but I I remember there was it was fairly clean single track, uh, a little bit of loose gravel, maybe slightly off camber a little bit, and some narrow spots. Um, but I I just know I couldn't get comfortable on it. Um, yeah. And it was, you know, as there was some steep stuff on, on like a, I mean, a pretty narrow bench cut. So if, if you went down it, you were going to tumble a little bit. Um, but again, it wasn't really that bad. I, I had some folks go by me and, um, you know, and, and if you're listening to this and you were at the race and you're like, I, I can't think of what he's talking about on it. And it, it's, it's all relative. I mean, it's all, um, to, to many people that might not have thought much of it. So I, I, I'm guilty of letting stuff get in my head a little bit sometimes. And, um, so anyways, to me, I just, I just, I didn't get comfortable on it. Um, and I made this note too, in my race report, I feel like I do better on like the kind of gnarly rock stuff. that's downhill. As long as there's not, it's not on the side of like a, you know, a steep, steep hill or something. Um, that I'm not going to go tumbling down, which is odd. Cause you know, you crash in the rocks, you're probably going to break something, but I don't know. I just, can't, uh, whatever. Sometimes stuff gets in your head and it, it messes with you. Um, so at the bottom of that, I raved, uh, I arrived at, uh, aid station three, and this is where I had my first drop bag. The aid station, that's some too. the aid stations at the Shenandoah 100 race were, were awesome. Just, just like the wilderness 101, both, both races run by, um, Chris Scott and the Shenandoah mountain touring uh, just top notch events. But anyways, the, uh, aid station folks helped me mix my cover rocket up, uh, in my help hydration pack. I had a, had a Coke in my, um, drop bag and they, they probably had it at the aid station too, but I just, I put one in my drop bag just in case. And I just, I grabbed that one and I slammed at least half of it. Um, I've been finding that like just sporadically throughout the race and like simple sugars and a little bit of caffeine has uh, kind of perked me back up. Um, grab, grab fresh supply of, I had a couple of gels and honey singer waffles in my drop bag. I grabbed those cause I kind of supplement 
might carbo rocket a little bit with that stuff just to mix things up. Uh, grabbed another shot of pickle juice and just threw it in my jersey in case I needed it. Grabbed a handful of Pringles. I if you've there's a, I think it's a Dirtwire TV video. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But there's a guy on there that's like all all geeked up on the Pringles at the aid stations, and I kept like picturing that Dirtwire TV video in my head when I was like coming to the aid station for some reason. I just saw the cans of Pringles there. So I like grabbed a whole handful of them, stuffed them in. So, um, and yeah, I have a huge appreciation now for Pringles, uh, 40 miles into a race. I, uh, in fact, I started to pack my drop bag stuff for the Margie Gessick, uh, this coming weekend. And I've got a couple mini cans of Pringles that, uh, is going in my drop bag. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. So I got, I got going again, hit the highway. So this was a section of the race that had about six miles that was a main paved, um, I say highway, not like expressway highway, but a main two lane road. Um, and it, it go, that road was about 300 feet. So it kind of falls flat, you know, uh, but a pace line was a good idea. Shortly after getting out on the road, a few of us kind of joined up and, and, uh, work together before we hit the trails again. I had kind of wanted to push harder, but then based on kind of what I saw myself getting into the first half of the race, I figured that um, I needed some stuff left in the tank when we hit the single track because it probably wasn't going to be no walk in the park. Um, it's a good thing I would grabbed that pickle juice again because the cramps did come back again. Um, I, I think this stuff works. I mean, I had no affiliation with it or anything. Um, but I don't know if I can have cramps that bad, take a shot of pickle juice and the cramps go away for the next 25 miles. Uh, they started sneaking up again. And, but by the time we hit the trails again, the cramps are gone. And actually my cramps never came back again the entire race. Um, but I mean, I, I just think I went out way too hard and I think the pickle juice, I don't know. I, I have to think it helped. And then I had my effort dialed back at that point. And uh, so they, they didn't come back after this, the second time here. So anyways, I think I, I think I filed into the trail near the back of the line and then we started climbing again. Um, this, so this trail would take us up another thousand feet over two miles. Uh, it got really steep uh, along one of those steep edges again. And then I believe this is the section where they called stair climb. Uh, and it gets its name because it's basically rocks like a stair climb and you pick your bike up and carry it up. Them. Um, in fact, I saw a video after the race and I can't remember whose video it was. I'll have to go find it because I can put a link to the show notes in it. Um, it I don't know. It might have been Jeremiah Bishop's video. Not I think it was like a, one of the race videos actually, but there's a picture of Jeremiah with his bike on his back, um, hiking up it fast, a lot faster than I went up it. Um, but anyways, uh, that, the, the hike got, the hike got to me. And after a couple of times of getting off the bike and having to walk up some of that stuff, I, I was, I, I, cramps never came back. I was feeling fatigued and I was a little, um, I don't know. I fatigued, I guess. And like I said, I, 
and I, in hindsight, going back and looking at my ride data from the start of the race, I mean, going out at the start of a hundred mile race and I'm, uh, training peaks does this cool thing now where they kind of show you badges for, um, you know, like peak heart rate, um, peak power, whatever, you know, how long. And when I'm going out to the start of a hundred mile race and I'm, I'm setting new, new peak heart rate times and stuff. The first hour is not, not a good idea. And, uh, so I, I all but blew myself up and, uh, was paying for it now. So I, anyways, coming, coming down the other side, I was, I was a, I was a little jittery, nervous, um, just on this narrow stuff. And just, that's what happens when I get fatigued. I know, I know my bike handling kind of goes off a little bit. And I think I let that get into my head. Um, I watched a guy go over the edge and he only went down about five or six feet, uh, caught himself and, you know, he got back up and, um, I, I let a few folks go by me and, and, uh, but I also, I also passed a few folks. I, I know I wasn't the only one that was kind of sluggish there. Uh, but I also, I also felt like my, my bike was just all over the place too. And in hindsight, I think I forgot to put this in my race report, but once I got to the bottom and out of the, uh, a section of gravel, I reached down to lock my fork out and, uh, my fork had been locked out already. So that's why I felt a little bit, uh, the bike felt a little unstable, jittery coming down. That is because I didn't have any suspension working for me in the front, uh, that I, and I'm used to it. So, um, anyways, I came around it kind of all over the place. And then I hit this tight right hander over some loose rocks. Um, just set me, set me over the top. And I, I don't know exactly how it all happened. Just hit it. And I just remember going, going over tumbling. I hit the ground really hard. Left hand hurt like a son of a gun. Um, and I, the trail was pr- kind of steep. And so I was laying like upside down in the trail on my back, kind of like head down the trail, feet up the trail, feet were kind of tangled in my like bike somehow. And then they were stuck in there somehow. And then my bike was like tangled up, stuck in like a tree stump that was there. And I don't know. I, I didn't see anybody coming at first. And I was just like kind of laid there and trying to like, what I do? My hand hurt. And I was like pretty awkward trying to like pull myself up and fatigued. And uh, then I saw somebody coming down the trail and uh, I knew I needed to get out of the way. So I tried to pull myself up and whatever. And I can't remember what his first reaction was, but he was, he was definitely concerned uh, about how I was doing. I actually ran into him at the end of the race. He was like, man, I thought, I thought I were hurt. Um, but anyways, he, he helped me make sure I got my, got up, got my bike back up. And, uh, you know, he was asking me if I was okay. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fine or whatever, but he was, he was really concerned. Wanted to make sure I was good and told me to check my brakes and make sure everything was working on the bike. And then, um, anyways, got going again. And I, um, I, uh, I had a hard time. My, my left hand hurt really bad. And, uh, I just kind of slow coasted the rest of that trail down as aid station at the bottom. So, um, so now I'm at aid station four. So I felt a little bit out of it, of course. And I, I pulled into the aid station for some water, kind of stood over my bike for an extra moment. Took my, took my time. One of the aid station volunteers filled my, my bottle up for me. 
kind of shook things out a little bit, grabbed a couple of cups of Coke, and then then I got going again. Um, and so now I was headed up some gravel, and that that left hand, the pain kept getting worse. And it's um, it's fine now. So, but it it took. Um, I didn't know what was going on with it at the time. I I didn't look at my glove and and uh, I just I banged it really really hard on the rocks. And uh, by the next day, it was pretty swelled up and black and blue and and whatever. But um, I I had a hard time like even just resting it on my on my grips. Um, but the next basically I. I, I I knew I was going to be climbing for a really long time at this point. And a lot of it, I, if I remember correctly, was going to be gravel uh, or Jeep trail. And I believe that's what it all was for. Oh, boy. Uh, we, we were going to climb like 2,000 feet over the next 18 miles. So I figured I'd be okay by the time I got up the climb. You know, maybe it'd start feeling better and, and whatnot. I just banged it really hard on the rocks. Um and like I said, it, if I remember correctly, it was a lot, it was all gravel. It might've turned into some Jeep, Jeep trail at some point, but it, it was nearly two hours to the next aid station of pretty much all uphill. Uh, hit my drop bags again, kind of resupplied, um, you know, uh, and by the time I got there, I was able to find a comfortable grip on my handlebar with that left hand, not my like normal grip, but kind of found a spot where I could like grip and still get my brakes and that kind of stuff. So I was, I was good to go. So aid station folks again, were awesome. Uh, I didn't want like a full hydration pack at this point because my, my last drop bag. So I'm at mile 77 here. So my last drop bag is kind of my, if things aren't going to plan drop bag, like I'm running a little bit behind. Um, because I I had planned that my first carbo rocket replenish was gonna get me to the finish, but I was I was behind pace, so I had asked them to only give me like half, and they like mixed half and whatever for me. I had like a baggie of carbo rocket in my drop bag. Um, yeah, it was, it was filled up my water bottle. I had a Red Bull in my drop bag. Slammed the Red Bull, uh, and the climbing was not done. So I headed out. It's like a Jeep trail, top of trail coming out of the aid station. Um, it was, uh, it was so, it was kind of funny. So I left the aid station and I almost missed the arrow. Cause I was looking, there was like a little, somebody built like a little rock man, a stack of rocks, um, like near the turn. And I was like, and there was a beer bottle sitting next to it. And so I was like looking at that and then I almost missed the arrow sign to turn right. Um, Kind of, kind of funny. I caught it at the last minute. Um, but I, yeah, so I believe, so we start climbing again and it was uh, another 600 feet before we'd head downhill again. Uh, I, I believe a lot of the climb was single track and it would kind of go, go in and out of these like prairies or meadows, whatever you want to call them. We kind of had a funny conversation the day before with some folks hanging out about how many of these uh, prairies or meadows they were. Um, but this is kind of these openings. And then there was, I, there was one spot. I remember coming to this little opening in the woods that you can look out and it was just an amazing view over the Appalachian mountains. Just, just amazing. Uh, beautiful country. 
Um, it was there was this one point where I remember that I was kind of riding with another guy for a while, and I think we'd been almost riding together on and off since for the last two hours that whole climb actually up all the gravel and in uh, Jeep Trail. But the he was like, ah, I think we're finally at the top. And of course we weren't, it was, we go through the prairie and we're climbing again, but we finally, we finally get to the downhill. Uh, and I, I remember a section being a little rough, narrow, um, you know, bench cut, um, with pre pretty steep grade down the side of it. And then, uh, it might've actually been, and I, I, I want to say it was the first section of single track after all that climbing, um, my, my hand had gotten more comfortable. I didn't quite have the brake control that I wanted. And I remember I just, I jumped off. Um, uh, there was a couple little short little drops where, you know, there's kind of going down, there's a rock and she just drop off the other side of it. And I remember kind of pulling off and just letting somebody buy. Cause I knew somebody was coming. I don't want to, you know, mess up somebody else's ride. And they were like, ask, ask if I was okay. Right. Cause they probably thought it was odd that I stepped off there. And yeah. I just, a little shaky on it. Figured didn't need to go down again. Um, I eventually kind of eventually got my rhythm back. Uh, got got comfortable and in started getting some confidence back up. Uh, I remember, I remember saying something to one of the other guys at one time because it was a little rough uh, coming down, and I was like, man, I was kind of hoping for fast and flowy when we got to this point, but um, it was fast. And it was probably flowy, but it wasn't smooth. Um, I was just, I was being, I was being too conservative for sure. I, I got passed by a couple more folks there. Um, I don't remember it being very switchbacky. I think if I remember correctly, it was like, if you were to just cut the brakes loose, you, I mean, you, it was steep in some sections and you could really get some speed going. And, um, I was, I just didn't know the trail. And so I was, I was nervous of, of letting my speed get too far out of control and, and not both stop in time. If it, if a turn did come up, eventually there was, you know, a couple of tight turns before we hit, uh, the bottom, you know, basically we, we come out of single track and then basically dumped out at aid station six, um, which was actually the same as aid station two from earlier. So uh, I think all I did was top off my water bottle and then uh, got back on the road again, going. So I was out on the pavement and this is some of that same pavement that we climbed again. So when you leave aid station six, you're going to make that same climb from earlier in the day that I left leaving aid station two, except you're not going to go all the way. You're only going to go about halfway and actually probably not, probably not even halfway. Uh, so we'd go about 300 feet. Um, and then we dropped down about 300 feet and this is on the, the paved road part. Uh, and then we'd hit that Jeep trail climb that we had climbed earlier in the day after aid station two. Uh, and we climbed about 700 feet of it. And then there's about another hundred feet of climbing once we turned off of it. Um, and actually the part of that Jeep trail that we had to climb was the, the milder part. It got steeper and harder as you went up. So. Uh, once making the left off of the Jeep trail, it was a mix of single track and some narrow gravel Jeep trail. I picked up a couple more places on the way down and was 
it's always at the end of races, I always, it's a mental thing. And I wish I could, uh, make this happen sooner in races. Um, is I, I start, I start getting, it's not, I don't want to call it a second win, but I, I don't know if my, my wits start coming about me and I'm getting excited to finish. And I know I'm going to make it. And I like kind of get in a more of a race mode. Um, I kind of attribute, it's like the same thing. If like you say you do like a 20 minute threshold test, um, first five minutes, you know, you feel really good. The second five still going good. And then that like third quadrant of it is just like horrible. Uh, and then the last five minutes, you know, you only got five minutes left and you, you bust it out. It's like, take that same thing in these hundred mile races. It's like the first 50 miles, you kind of get through it. You start getting fatigued by the end of the, by 50. And then that from mile 50 to 75 is just terrible. Uh, and then the last 25, you start, you're ready to bring it home and feeling great. And you like, feel like you could keep riding past the finish. Um, I don't know, maybe you can't relate. So it's, uh, it, trying to figure out how to get, guess, get the message across, but yeah, I, so I start feeling good. Um, you never know exactly on these hundred miles either, right? Is it 98? Is it 99? Is it going to be 102? If you're not familiar with it, you kind of know exactly where you're at, but, uh, all of a sudden I came up on a, I came up on a single speeder. We were dropping through into some, you know, burned flowy single track. And then I realized it was in the campground. Uh, I tried to stay with them. Uh, those single speeder guys are like super fast through that stuff. They know how to just carry that speed. And, um, there's a lot of times made this note in my race report. There's a lot of times that you, you know, these hundred miles, you cross the finish line by yourself. And I always find it more fun when you got somebody to race with to the finish. And we dropped out on the finish line shoot. There's these two little kind of grassy berm drops, I guess, in the, the shoot where you catch a little bit of air off of uh big sweeping right hander around to the finish. And we were flying down it and I, I tried passing. I think I got a pass and I let off too soon. And, and, um, uh, he came through the finish line, a uh, bike length or two in front of me. And, uh, anyways, gave each other a high five. It was, it was fun. It was, I, uh, I enjoyed that. It's a lot more fun to finish a race when you got somebody there that you're kind of racing to the finish line with. And, uh, so I ended up finishing in nine hours and 42 minutes. So that was good for a 66th place finish in the opens men class and a 92nd place finish in the overall, uh, of about 450 ish racers. And I, there might've been maybe around 420 ish or so to finish. And then you have to get some DNFs and stuff. Um, my final thoughts, I, I write some of this stuff in my race reports. Um, it's a such a great race. The venue is awesome. Variety of trail. It's hard. It's a challenging course. Uh, there's some really tough sections. Um, there's a ton of really fun trail. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to get back to it. I, I got to give it another go. Uh, it's That's what's really tough. Sometimes you, you're like, oh, I got to go do this one race once, right? It's a bucket list. I've heard this is great. I got to go do it at least once. And you go out to it and you're like, I got to come back now, right? Now that I know the trail, you know. I think I can come back and go a little faster, but, um, this is, this might be one that it's, uh, I might get back too often. The only downside of it, it's a, it's a long ways away. Um, 
I actually, so I drove out to it and I drove all the way home the next day after the race straight through. It's like 19, a little over 19 hours, uh, straight through, but and I, I can't believe I made the drive all the way back. It was kind of one of those things I got into Wisconsin and was like, by the time I stop and whatever, I can be home by three in the morning and sleep in my own bed. So, um, made it, made it through, but yeah, the more I get out, it just makes me want to get out to more new races, but I highly, highly recommend putting the Shenandoah 100 on your, uh, as a priority on your bucket list for sure. So, um, you know, check out the race report. I'll put, uh, some show, some links in the show notes. Um, you know, I've got the page for the podcast and this is episode 11, but I've got pictures in the race report from the weekend, my Strava files in there, links to Shenandoah mountain touring, uh, links to the national ultra endurance series page. And then of course, you know, my Facebook page, Instagram feed, Twitter feed, um, check it all out. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, apologize. My voice is a little groggy. I've been fighting some, some terrible allergies the last couple of days that uh, I'm hoping get fixed up here before the Marjagesic this weekend. So anyways, thanks for tuning in later.